I get a little teared up when I talk about him because mm. he's honestly the only living creature I've ever really trusted in my entire life. And his name was Nikolai and he protected me. He stopped it from happening. there my name is sean and this is suicide noted on this podcast i talk with suicide attempt survivors so that we can hear their stories every year around the world millions of people try to take their own lives and we almost never talk about it and when we do talk about it many of us including me aren't very good at it so one of my goals with this podcast is to have more conversations and hopefully better conversations with attempt survivors. Now, I want to thank every single attempt survivor who has joined me on this podcast since we started last July, and to everybody who listens. Thank you. If you are a suicide attempt survivor and you would like to talk, please reach out. Hello at suicidenoted.com or on Facebook or Twitter at Suicide Noted. Now, we are talking about suicide, so this may not be a good fit for everybody. Please take that into account. Before you listen, I do hope you listen because there is so much to learn. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, would you please help us out right now? Pause my lovely voice, scroll down, and rate and review this podcast. This is not for my ego. It helps people find the podcast. I really appreciate that. Other ways you can support the podcast? Well, let people know about it. Share it on social media and you can make a financial contribution. All of that information is in the show notes. However you support us, we really appreciate it, really. Today I am talking with Jason. Jason lives in Pennsylvania and he is a suicide attempt survivor. Jason in Pennsylvania, thank you for being here and talking with me. Well, thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. I appreciate it. Yeah, very much. And I imagine people who hear it will appreciate it too, because as you know, people don't really talk much about this stuff. Oh, definitely not. Even with family and the people that can help you, it's super hard. Well, let me ask you this as someone who's gone through it. I know you're not necessarily speaking for everybody, but it might shed some light. Why do you think it's so hard for you or others, perhaps others, to talk about it, even with people in their life? Well, for me, like personally, my wife's autistic. So that's like one big thing is she doesn't know how to deal with it at all. And it's not her fault or anything. It just super stresses her out, makes her anxious, makes her irritated, which I don't blame her because it's not one of those things she can deal with. Plus, you're worried about all the negative stigmas that come with it, like being, I don't know, just people looking at you weird, not wanting you in their life, thinking you're a danger to them too. Like, oh, well, what if he decides to blow up the house with me in it? And I know that's kind of extreme, but I've heard that kind of stuff before from other people. Yeah, no, I bet. Yeah, that makes sense. If that's what's going on as to why you might not volunteer some information about your life or what's going on, right? Exactly. Hmm. Some people are afraid of going to the hospital and stuff. That's one of my big fears is going to the hospital. So I'm real careful of what I say, because that's the last thing I want. We all know, for better or worse, if you say certain things to certain people, that's where you're probably going. Exactly. Because those people don't have a choice. 
Like I was actually a mental health counselor in a group home for seven and a half years. And if someone said something like that, it doesn't matter how full of crap you think they are. You have to take it seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, that gets into a whole other conversation <laughs> with systems and institutions and insurance companies and all sorts of shit. Oh, uh, God, yes. <laughs> you reached out to me, which I really appreciate, said, yeah, I'm down to talk with you. Um, why? I, I'm glad you did, but I'm wondering why. What, what uh, compelled you to reach out? One of the big things is, like, I've listened to probably about 20 episodes now. I'm just going in order. A lot of people just feel the need to get their story out there. They might not have the people they can tell. As someone who has experience, like, professionally in the field, too, like, obviously, I can't tell the people I'm helping. I don't do the job anymore. I got too stressed out and had to take a break. There's not a lot of people to talk to in my case. And I want people to hear what I've gone through. If a little bit can help them or if they're like, wow, if he can make it through what he went through, maybe I can too. Take some of the ideas that I've used to get through it because I've been through a lot of crap. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like I ended up in a pretty good place despite all of it because I could have went down so many different paths of self-destruction and things of that nature. And I didn't. Mm -hmm. So if I can help someone avoid that, that's my goal in life. Well, that's a good segue. Before we get to the, all the stuff you've done to improve your life, I hope you're okay with talking about some of the yucky stuff. Well, I don't think it's yucky. It's life. But what people often deem as not so great stuff, where do you want to start it? Where does the Jason story begin where you eventually, at least one time, try to end your life, right? Yeah. So it starts just raveled in darkness. I'll just start like that. <laughs> um, That's, I'm, I'm, I'm very comfortable in that spot, in that space. Go on. It began like when I was a kid. I don't know. The earliest memories I have are horrible. I was beaten, psychologically abused, all of this kind of stuff growing up. It didn't stop till I was about 16. Like, I don't want to get too like in depth with a lot of that because mm -hmm. it could be triggering for a lot of people, but just stuff like thrown in a closet and beaten with a police baton for no reason whatsoever. It stopped when I was about 15, 16 because I got a dog. And I get a little teared up when I talk about him because mm. he's honestly the only living creature I've ever really trusted in my entire life. And his name was Nikolai and he protected me. He stopped it from happening. And from then, like my memory actually blocked out a lot of it. I don't remember a lot. I, it'll come up in therapy or random things will make me have flashbacks because I have PTSD also. From there, I actually blocked a lot of it out. And I was relatively normal from like 16, 17 onwards. You know, I do everything you're supposed to. I graduate high school. I was on like the top 15% of my class of like 500, went to college, got my degree. And then I decided, you know what? I want to go for my master's and PhD, but I need money to do that. So I joined the army and during my training, I never got deployed or anything. So I don't consider myself a veteran or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But um, I got hurt during my training. And this was in 2009 when people were lining up left and right to go in because there were no jobs anywhere. Mm. So they're like, yeah, we have too many people to take your position. You're not worth the time or money. We're sending you home. So I came home. Um, I was unemployed for about eight years. And this is like when my first attempt happened. I was living with my mom at the time because I had nowhere else to go when I came home. Mm -hmm. You know, I was like 22, 23. So that's not that unusual at that age. I um, swallowed about 30 Benadryl because I figured ah, it'll just put me to sleep and I just won't wake up. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. It was horrible because you wake up in that panic. You're trying to reverse it, do all that kind of stuff. Just so I'm clear, 
after the army let you go, you went back to your mom's place. You said that you were unemployed for eight years. So is that coming? Months, months. Oh, okay. Okay. So you're unemployed for a little while at home. You swallowed, you didn't try to, you did swallow all of those Benadryl. But I have a question for you. If you want to die, why do you try to undo it? It was, I woke up in a panic. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, something's wrong. I need to stop this. Somehow I was in the bathroom. I don't even remember how that happened. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I need to get, I need to stop this. I don't want to do this. And it was just a massive panic, like an anxiety attack coming from it. Got That's it. the best way to describe it. Yeah. And everything in you, whatever that is, is saying, get this shit out of me. Exactly. Okay. And you did? You were able to get it out of you, threw it up or something? No, I ended up um, going to the ER. I was taken there and stuff. Luckily, I didn't get admitted because I was able to talk them out of it and say it was like an accident and I didn't mean to do it. And they believed me. So I didn't have to stay at all. It was just they kind of like got me to normal. Like, okay, well, since it's an accident, you can go home. And I guess I was so convincing. My mom didn't even realize for about 10 years that it was a suicide attempt. So whatever I said worked. But whatever point it was, panic attack just after the in the ER, after the ER. What is it like for you to try to end your life and you're alive? You're still living at home. You're still whatever. Everything's just about the same, I assume, externally at least. But you're not dead. What's that like for you? Actually, for about a week, I was horrible. I'm like, I failed at this too. Kind of like a lot of things that you'll hear people say. It's like, I can't even kill myself, right? Things of that nature. But everything kind of turned around a week later. I ended up getting a job. Like I connected with a lot of new friends and everything was good for a while. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't a good job or anything, but it was something. Right. You know, I moved on and probably about seven, eight years ago, I got another job where I was a counselor in a group home for mental health. And that's like when a lot of my stuff started getting worse because I successfully blocked it for so long. I'm Mm. like, maybe I should try therapy too and see what it's like and everything. Well, that brought everything out. So I had to deal with all these issues all over again. And I had probably about 30 minor attempts during that time period. I call them minor because they weren't very serious. Like it was kind of like a half-assed attempt at it. Mm. So it wasn't very, the chance of success was very, very low. Like what kind of, are you comfortable giving like one example of what you're talking about? Yeah, like taking pills, but five minutes later, like realizing what I did and throwing them up and stuff. Like I kind of left myself an out. Like I tried to hang myself once and I used like a purposely weak rope that I'd be able to like disconnect and get out of whenever that panic set in. Any idea why you would play those, for lack of a better word, games with yourself of like, I'm almost going to try, kind of try, but I'm probably not going to succeed at it or complete it. I think a lot of it was I really did want to, but I just, at the same time, I had hope. I had hope that there was something out there for me. I didn't want to like piss everything away just because I really wanted to at the time. Like it wasn't like for attention or anything like that, but I still had that little spark of hope in me that things will be better. I come from a Russian family too. And one of the like phrases, my grandma, my grandma was Slovak, but on that side of the family, like the Eastern European, they always say tomorrow will be better. Mm -hmm. So I just kept thinking of that. When you said you had to deal with the issues when I think you were getting back into therapy and all this shit came up Were that, is that the stuff that you alluded to earlier about how you were treated as a kid and things of that nature? Yeah. It was all my like childhood abuse and everything like that. You said upwards of 30 minor attempts. And then that led to at some point a more major attempt. Yeah. Well, what happened there? 
okay this was last august and like the way my depression hits me it hits me three times a year for about a week and a half two weeks where i just completely lose my mind for a better lack of terms mm -hmm. i was actually really lucky it only hit me for two days last time which was on monday and tuesday of this week and nothing bad happened i don't hear that very often that i'm mostly okay and then for a week or two a year i get popped really hard what does that is that have a name that specifically doesn't like what i'm diagnosed with i don't mind sharing i okay. have um complex um ptsd major depressive disorder with psychotic elements which means like once in a while i have some hallucinations mainly auditory they're dancing around schizophrenia but they're thinking no gotcha auditory hallucinations sound fucking scary they are they're the worst because you seriously don't know where it's coming from yeah. i have no idea there's actually if you ever want an experience i don't know if you're a gamer there's a game called hellblade and mm. the main character has that and the, the voices are a major component of it. And it can really give someone who's never experienced it a really good, accurate demonstration of what it's mm. like. It's terrifying. But to go back to like the last major attempt, it was August of 2020. I have this like bridge where I planned to actually do it for real. Like whenever I was like, all right, I'm done. Mm -hmm. And I went there. I took out my 45, just pointed it clicked nothing happened it jammed and i keep mine like i have quite a few and i keep them like really clean i'm a target shooter i love doing all that kind of stuff they're definitely secure anymore i don't even have access to them my wife does but no i keep it clean it should not have jammed at all and i was so beaten down that i didn't even care at the time i just drove home <laughs> i was like i'll try again in a couple days and is a 45 a big gun yeah it's you're, there's no coming back from that Right, it's gonna big. It's a big fucking hole in your head. Oh God, yes, splatter all that. It's... And because you know what, when it comes to gun stuff, you know we know men do men do that much more than women, mainly because they have the gun, I assume. But that's how my buddy killed himself. He was a cop, so he had a um, I don't know what the hell kind of gun he had, a Glock of some kind, whatever. It worked. He died. But when people tell me about guns, which you know you're like maybe my ninetieth person I've talked to, and you don't hear guns that often. And it was really at that point, I was just done. I'm like, because this will go more into like the recovery from it too. Like yeah. I was, I let myself get horribly overweight. I had no self-confidence, nothing. Like I had a good job. I had a wife. I had dogs, which I love with all my heart. But right. I was just like, this isn't going anywhere. It's just like, what's the point anymore? And my depression was horrible at that point. And so then your wife had no idea that you were driving to those woods that day. I'm not going to lie. She just found out about this about two weeks ago when I told her I was doing this and she's going to hear something she really doesn't like. So she never had any idea up until like two weeks ago that, that e this even happened. Wow. You had all these minor attempts. Like, does something change that leads you to the woods that day? It was just a culmination of things. I was just like, yep, it's time. And that was pretty much it. It wasn't, I didn't lose a job or anything like that. Everything was going really well. Anyone outside would be like, I'll trade with you. So that day, there was nothing particularly important or special about that. That just, that was the day you were done. Yeah, I was just done. Yeah. And it jams and you're driving back. And again, you're alive. What's that like? Honestly, I was a lot more positive this time. I know you don't hear this right after an attempt or anything like that, especially one where there wasn't any chance to come back from. Yeah. But I was like, I'm not a very spiritual person at all or anything like that. But I'm like, there's something out there for that I need to do or 
something I'm meant for. Like this happened for a reason. Mm -hmm. So I need to find what that reason is. And that was actually my last time too. Well, obviously, you know, my next question is probably going to be, what's the reason? Do you know? I haven't gotten that far yet. (laughs) All right. So, you know, there's a reason and you're looking for it. Yeah, I'm digging. I've actually done a lot of positive things since then. I'm like, okay, I need to improve everything I possibly can about myself because this happened for a reason. I'm not going to piss it away. Mm -hmm. First thing I did, got a personal trainer. The weight started coming off. And then I started doing some other stuff like boxing, kickboxing, things of that nature. And then I found my true love for right now, besides my wife and my dogs, because she'll get mad if I say that. (laughs) Good good boy, Jason. Good boy. I started doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and I'm not going to lie, that's changed my life so much. Really? Oh, yes. Like, the confidence, the weight loss, just everything about it, the people I'm with. Like, my sensei is there. I don't know if they know. They probably don't know this, but the environment that they've created and what they teach and everything, it's continually to save my life. It fights off my depression. It makes me more confident. My wife goes with me too. And she's the most uncoordinated person in the world. And she loves it. (laughs) Nice. So Brazilian jujitsu. Oh yeah. It's my new love in life. And that's been over a year now. So things are, you're in a better place. Yep. Who other than me knows about, either attempt and i'm going back to the one back in the day with the uh with the pills and then the more recent one my therapist i go to therapy every two weeks and then i go to a nurse practitioner for my meds so Mm -hmm. she knows about stuff so pretty much just those two my wife knows like bits and pieces here and there she knows about the two major ones now and some of the minor ones Mm -hmm. but other than that I don't even think my mom knows, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. My dad definitely doesn't. He can die for all I care. But um, mm-hmm. he doesn't know any of that crap, and he never will because he doesn't give a crap. That's about it, honestly. Well, it just goes to, um, I mean, I'm generalizing it, how little we talk about something, even big stuff. Just don't talk about it, man. Oh, yeah. And honestly, I'll talk to my dogs a lot. Like, if they're cuddling up, I'll tell them, like, how I'm feeling that day. Because, you know, with dogs, they aren't going to judge you. They're just going to lick your face to death and give you those big eyes. And they're amazing. And uh, they've helped me more, especially the dog I had when I was a teenager. Nikolai. Yep. I got a tattoo of him on my arm so he can watch my back all the time. What kind of dog is it? He was like a German Shepherd, Husky, Lab mix or so. For those of you that are, you're listening on a podcast, Jason has a nice big tattoo of Nikolai on his arm. That's cool. You had said you were talking about hope, which, man, I mean, a little bit of hope goes a long way. Not to be all platitudey and bullshitty here, but it does, right? A little bit of hope can fucking help. If I didn't get that little bit of hope back on that night in August, I probably wouldn't be here right now because even up to like five, six months ago, I was convinced that. I was going to kill myself at some point in my life. And that was how I was going to die. Now, I don't think it is because my last major depressive episode was just a couple of days at the beginning of this week that we're recording. And instead of my old habits, like I haven't actually had one in a while. Mm-hmm. I actually like there was like a gun I still had. I went and gave it to my wife. I'm like, look, I'm starting to go through some stuff. I don't want to have access to it. I made sure there was nothing around or else around that I could hurt myself with. Mm-hmm. And 
I was so happy I had that sense of clarity. And now I'm, I'm still looking for that sense of purpose, but I'm getting there. Just that little bit of hope, though, is probably what saved my life at the beginning of this week. So, yeah. Wow. 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 So you don't think, as we talk right now, obviously, that your, your life is going to end by suicide. No, I don't think it is anymore. I don't want to say definitely won't because you never know what will happen five, 10 years from now. That is not on my goal is to outlive my wife. And I tell her that every day. I know that sounds mean, but I'm just like, I'm going to outlive you. And she's like, no, you're not. You do too much stupid crap. There's going to be many more years of me aging her horribly. I wouldn't trade her for anything. I'll keep her. Keep her around, ma'am. Now you had said that she doesn't know a lot about this stuff, or you don't talk to her a lot about it. So I'm wondering, other than therapist or maybe NP, do you have people in your life who you could talk to? Not necessarily about like, I want to end my life, but the tough stuff. Not really. I really don't, to be honest with you. Like I have like close friends, you know, from like jujitsu and from like where we go to hang out on weekends and stuff like that. But it's like the conversation never really goes that direction. Right. And, you know, if everyone's relaxed and having fun and learning stuff, things like that. You don't want to be the one to bring up like, so is anyone feeling depressed or, you know, stuff <laughs> like that. You don't want to be the downer. That's one thing I've been working on is trying to expand my support network. Hasn't mm-hmm. gone very well so far, but Fucking hard. yeah, it is to try to find people who actually sit down and listen to that. Well, it's interesting also because you were in the, you were in the field for a little while too, as somebody who listened, right? Oh Yeah. And that makes it even worse too. I'm not going to lie because you help all these people. The people I I was helping, it it was not a good population. We can, it was juveniles that were convicted of sex crimes. So it was like working with them. So that definitely affected my mental health a lot. But you get the feeling too. It's like, I can help all these people, but I can't help myself. And it kind of is like a punch to the gut. Yeah. So from the perspective of just Jason, the guy in Pennsylvania or Jason, who was in the mental health field, what are some myths, if any, that you think are bullshit? I'm just laughing because I knew this question was coming and it was yeah. the one I was most afraid of. And one of the big ones is like, this comes from some of the celebrities. Cause like, I'm not a celebrity, but I kind of fit like the Robin Williams kind of mold. You would never by knowing me, anything was ever wrong. I'm always uh-huh. happy, laughing, you know, pulling jokes on people. And one of the myths is like, you know, you can tell when someone's about to do something like that, which yeah, there are signs and everything. But some of the happiest people that you'll ever meet could be the ones that are ready to go home and pull that trigger that night, you never know. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's why you really have to get to know people dig inside their mind, know the signs like, hey, you just gave me this, I don't know, you just gave me this thing that you've loved for years. Why is everything okay? Because giving away stuff is one of the major signs that someone's about to kill themselves. I think people just in general need to know those signs and keep an eye out for them because it's not really all the time. It's not the people you would expect. It's the ones that everything looks like is going fine for and they're happy and laughing. Then all of a sudden they're giving you a pocket watch your grandfather gave you. It's like, whoa, why are you giving me this? It's hmm. you got to ask those questions. And there's like another big one that kind of irritates me because it's more of a cultural thing for like us over here that it's like a cowardly way out and things like that. Because I don't think of it that way. Sometimes there's stuff that people just can't deal with anymore. They've tried everything. Like I look at like some of the other cultures where it's considered honorable and it's like, you know, they don't look at it that way. I'm not saying we should be willy nilly, you know, 
oh no, I lost my job, time to go kill myself. But it's not a cowardly act. There's some people, they honestly just can't do it anymore. Yeah. They might have done everything they possibly can. And there's no shame in losing that battle. I'd rather no one ever lose that battle again. Don't get me wrong. But it happens and people need to be accepting of that because the people were like not go to the funerals and call them a coward after they pass and stuff like that i've seen that kind of stuff and it's like you know they just lost the battle just like someone could lose a battle with cancer they just lost and it happens yeah there's sometimes too like my depression's been so bad i would like actually like put my arm in the sling because people will be nicer if you're physically hurt and I would do that. That way people would just be a little nicer because they think I'm physically hurt. But meanwhile, inside, I'm dying. <laughs> I've never heard that. That's an interesting strategy or tactic. Yeah, I've never heard anyone bring that up on any of your shows so far. No. So I had to make sure to shoehorn that one in. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. I love it. Um, do you take meds to treat your stuff? Yeah, I'm not yeah. very good at it. I'm not going to lie. But I take um, Trazodone at night to help me sleep and Prozosin, which is actually a high blood pressure medication. But I take it because it blocks you from dreaming. So it blocks out my night terrors and Ooh. stuff. Wow. It's like a side effect of it. It's really strange. And then I take like Prozac in the morning, which that's the one I'm pretty bad about because I'm in a daze when I wake up because I'm usually hungover from the Trazodone and I forget. And then I'm starting a new one to help whenever I have like the hallucinations and stuff, but those aren't that common. So it's just going to be something to tackle on that helps. Did you say that you're working now? Oh, Yeah. I, I quit my other job as like the mental health like counselor because the company treated us like garbage and I just couldn't do it anymore. Like 70 hour, 80 hour weeks and stuff like that. Breaking up fights. I was getting stabbed, things like that. Now I'm a computer technician, which is awesome because it's Monday through Friday. I have my weekends off. I can go to all my jujitsu classes. It gives me so much more time at home with my wife and my dogs and she goes to classes with me. I get all my physical activity in because I'm down 95 pounds since last August when I tried that. Wow. So, that's amazing, man. Congrats on that. Thank you. Oh, I've never felt better. I recommend that to anyone who's going through a lot of depression and things of that. Do something physical, whatever it is. It could help you so much. Does your wife know that you're talking to me? Yeah, she does. I had to come to my mom's house because we live in the middle of the woods and don't get internet. And also she wasn't going to be home. So I wanted the privacy because I didn't want her overhearing. I kind of wanted to be a surprise when she listens to this. Yeah, I'm actually going to share it too and see if I can get like people I know on Facebook and stuff to listen to it and everything. Maybe I can grab you a couple more listeners too. Dude, that all, and they all help, especially if, you know, look, my, my MO is always, man, you never know who needs to hear this stuff. Whether they've attempted or they're thinking about it or maybe somebody in their life is struggling. You never know, man. You never know. You never do. Like, like I said earlier, look at Robin Williams. No one would have ever have thought that about him. Yeah. You know, a lot of people are struggling. That's why it just takes one person to catch on those warning signs. That's what they should really teach that stuff in like high school or something to look for those warning signs. That's all it takes is one person to catch them. Well, are there any others you want to talk about? You mentioned that that one big one. Are there others that come to mind? Yeah, like another big one is like losing interest in things, which that goes kind of like with depression. Like, for example, for me, like, say I'm not injured and I'm not going to any of my jujitsu classes or lifting at all. That when my wife sees that, she knows that something's wrong and she'll like talk to me about it. That's one of the ones she's really good at picking up on. Mm -hmm. Like, that's a big one. We talked about like giving stuff away, general lack of hope for the future, 
not like taking care of themselves like not showering wearing dirty clothes that could be a big sign because it's like that signs for other stuff too if you ever just for the listeners if you ever know like a kid or something who does that that's a sign of abuse so Mm. that could be a sign of abuse so make sure you notice that looking for someone is just off even yeah you got to be paying attention and that's hard for people isn't it it is and i'm lucky enough to be trained to pay attention to that stuff so i tend to notice it but yeah i really recommend that everyone tries that and even just learns a couple yeah of course yeah i agree man I'd asked you earlier, like, why do you think it's so hard for people to talk about this stuff? I am also curious, why do you think it's so hard for people to pay attention or to uncomfortably somewhat engage in these kinds of conversations? I get it. It's a little bit of a downer at jujitsu, but I mean, (laughs) why does it seem, and maybe it's just my own filter. Why does it seem that so few people are, are comfortable just having this conversation? Well, there's still that really big stigma attached to mental health. That's something that needs to go away already. I'm so sick of that thing. So that's like a major one. And then like, even for like people like me, like just don't have that support system built up. So like a lot of people just really need to build that support system, work hard. I'm trying. I'm not having much success, but all you can do is try and work towards it. Yeah. And like I said, there's the stigma. There's the people who will just instantly like dismiss you. If you start talking about that, it's like, oh, I don't want to be around someone like that. What if I'm at the mall with them and they go crazy and start shooting people? Like there's a genuine fear of it too. What if he's over my house and just starts doing stuff? Like you never know. And I think a lot of people just have a fear about people with mental health issues that are, that go on to this degree. What are you, even though you're saying it's not working or it's not working, you know, what, what are you doing to try to build up your support system? And I ask that only because maybe it'll give an idea for someone to get some help and it will help them. One thing I've been trying to do a lot more is connect with people online about issues because that seems to work better for me because I won't really have time during the week to go to like meetings or stuff like that. So I've been trying to look online, like, like PTSD support groups has been a big one even though I got kicked out of a couple because mine's not from being in the military. Oh. So be careful about those. Make sure they're like all inclusive because there's some, they only want like military veterans, right. in, which I understand. Right. Sure. Sure. Like depression support groups. There's tons of stuff on Facebook and the other social media sites that you can check out. Mm. I don't have anything specific to throw out at you, but if you even find that one person that you can trust, that one person can make all the difference. Hell yeah. What's the thing you want people to know about you and what you've gone through that maybe they don't know or they haven't heard thus far in our conversation? Is there anything that's like, man, I just wish people would know this thing. Tomorrow gets better. Tomorrow does get better. It takes work. It's not easy. You can't sit around and waiting for change. One thing that I haven't really touched on is just how like determined my drive is. I'm refusing to let this happen to me anymore. I'm refusing to let, just like a lot of things, I'm refusing to let myself gain weight back, things of that nature. I have that drive and it takes a while to build it up. It's not something that comes overnight. A lot of these skills and techniques and everything that I use, it took practice. You got to have to put the effort in. And I know that's hard when you're going through this stuff. The last thing you want to do is put effort into anything. Right. But when you're having those good days, those good weeks, the good months, hopefully good years, put that effort in and it will pay off so much whenever you're in a bad spot. 
Wow. Yeah. I really want to stress again, the point of how much like Brazilian jiu-jitsu helped me. And I really recommend people, especially like the smaller females who are worried about self-defense to try it. It helps so much with everything in my life. More discipline, my mental health has been better, stronger. Anything physical really helps so much. And I really recommend it. The game, if, if you want to know what it, it at least is a little bit like to have auditory hallucinations, it's Hellblade. Yep. And I want to add something else too, real quick. I don't know. Yep. I haven't really heard anyone else do any of this kind of stuff, but you have like my contact. If anyone ever emails you and says like, Hey, I really kind of want to talk to him some more. Feel free. I am. I'm open. I will help you. I'll talk to you. Remember, I'm not a licensed therapist. So don't think I'm going to be doing that kind of stuff. You never know where you're going to make a friend or a support or anything. Uh, does it, is it a little bit harder for you? Do you notice um, being in Pennsylvania, it's cold, it's winter. Does the darkness and the, and the coldness affect your mood? You know what? It kind of does, but not really. Because like, you know, the seasonal adjustment disorder, whatever they call it, it, it definitely makes you more like abrupt and a little more like disconnected, so to speak, like a little quicker to anger and stuff. Because it's like, it's dark when I go to work. It's dark when I leave work. It's like, I like driving in the dark. I like looking at the stars because during the summertime, I'd go to bed before the stars were even out. So it's so nice to see them all the time. Yeah. Just look up and just look up and wonder what's going on around them and stuff like that. I have a really active imagination. Thank you very much for connecting with me and, and talking so openly. And uh, yeah, man, that's it. It was great. I know this is really fun. I actually really enjoyed it. And I think it's actually going to help me a lot too. I'm glad if it does, man. And uh, thank you very much, Mr. Jason. And uh, I hope your day is decent. And uh, yeah, man, just keep, stay strong, bro. Thanks, you too. And I hope everyone out there stays strong too. Thanks, man. Have a good day. Talk to you Thanks, soon, bro. you too. Bye. Bye. As always, thanks so much for listening and all of your support. And special thanks to Jason up in Pennsylvania. Thanks, Jason. If you are a suicide attempt survivor and you'd like to talk, please reach out. Hello at SuicideNoted.com or on Facebook or Twitter at SuicideNoted. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, please help us out. Rate and review this podcast. It really does help. Thanks so much for that. That is all for episode number 87. Stay strong. Do the very best you can. I'll talk to you soon.